Kane is in the building. <laughs> Graduation season is here, and it's time to look for jobs. So it's time to trade in those hoodies, T-shirts, and jerseys for button-down shirts and white, blue, checks, and stripes. That's right. It's time to step up your professional wardrobe and start dressing like the boss. Our friends at Liberty Shirt Co. have been making our favorite flannels, but they also make the finest stress shirts so you can look like the CEO. Every Liberty shirt is made in New Jersey, and if you use a promo code 3P, and get 10% off your purchase. That's promo code 3P for 10% off the purchase. Hello, and welcome back to another 3P podcast, season three, episode 20. Wow, these episodes are flying by, boys. I am your host, Josh Ramlitz, and once again, joining with me are my co-hosts. Alex Castle. Steven Bonazzo. And we're going to talk a lot of hoops as the NBA playoffs are here, the best time of the year for all basketball fans. And before we do that, I think... I think there's some big news we got to talk about. Steve, did anything big happen recently? Like baseball, maybe? I think there was. You know, because I was watching the Yankee game last night. And after the nine innings, the Yankees won 2 nothing, And Corey Kluber threw a, a no-hitter. First time in 22 years for the Yankees that, uh, to throw a no-hitter. So that's big news. That's awesome. I was so hyped. Yeah, it was incredible watching it. He only needed 101 pitches. Which really isn't that much for nine innings. It was incredible what he did against his former team also. First time he pitched against the Rangers, his former team, because he missed all of last year. He pitched one inning with them last year and then was injured again due to injury. But what a statement that was by him. It was much needed by the Yankees. Saw a jolt of energy from all the guys. You saw guys like Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, Glaber Torres, everyone just posting about it on their social media. It was incredible. Alex, did you get a chance to – to look at that I did and just like everyone else I was so glad to watch that history being made you know I, I think it's a spark that this that this Yankees team really needed was, was something like this and to not only you know create history but to get it done on the road I think just makes it even better so great great day to be a Yankee fan and shout out to the Bronx Bombers and especially to Kluber very happy with that. Very happy to see uh, the Kluber that fans want to see. And my, I got what made it even better was one that was Corey Kluber's first no hitter in his career. So that was awesome to see. I mean, he's a well accomplished pitcher, one of the best pitchers in this uh, generation, I think. I mean, two time Cy Young. He brought the Indians, helped bring them to the playoffs many times, the World Series back in 2016 with the Cubs. So for him to get a no hitter, that's huge. But also, this was like the first no-hitter that I've seen the Yankees throw in my lifetime. And probably you guys too, because I think the last one was what? Uh, July of 99. So I was a month old when month old. David Cohn pitched it. I was uh, not even thought. I might have been a thought. But, you know, I, I was not here on earth. So I've seen many no-hitters on TVs and games. I mean, even just this season, there was what? Was this one number seven total or number this six? This was number six. There was one a day before, though. Yes. Um, so, obviously, we've seen no hitters before, but never saw a Yankees one. And to think out of all the great Yankees pitchers over the past 22 years, and none of them have thrown a no hitter. I mean, Mike Mussina, CC, uh, AJ Burnett, you know, he was good in the beginning and then the tail went off. Andy Pettit, obviously. Um, I, you know, there's so many more. And to think that none of them, they've done so well with the Yankees, but none of them threw a no-hitter. So it was awesome to see Kluber throw a no-hitter. And I actually, it was so weird. I, I like, turned the Yankee game on, but wasn't paying too close attention. I was finishing cleaning up dinner, and then um, I was talking to my mom. And then the end of the sixth inning came in. Our group chat was blowing up a little bit, like, uh, you know, Start paying attention to the Yankee game. Kluber's got a no-hit bid going at the end of six. And then I tuned right in, and then I was nervous that something was going to happen, and, you know, whether it's an announcer jinxing it or whatever. And then 
inning seven, eight, nine pass. He didn't allow a hit, and then the rest is history. So it was, it was an awesome feeling. Yeah, similar to what you just said, Steve. I was going back and forth between the Yankee game and the two basketball games, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And once you, like you said, the sixth inning passed, the seventh inning came. I was like, oh man, like this might actually happen. There's nine outs remaining in this game. It's very possible. And like you said, I was definitely very nervous when it was when uh, he was on the mound. But he looked cool and calm, collected. There maybe there's maybe like one hit, one play in the ninth inning where I was scared, but Tyler Wade made a great play in right field. Other than that, I was I thought he was going to get it. What about you, Alex? Oh, sorry, Steve. I'll let you go, and then Alex goes. Oh no, I got Castle. You can go. I, I'm talking too much already, so. So I have to admit, I joined the party a little late. I uh, flipped on the game in the ninth inning. But, you know, being a Yankee fan and, and watching them all these years, I was definitely nervous, you know, when uh, he was throwing some good pitches. So I was like, okay, I see he's still got the rhythm going, you know. But, but of course, you always have to think, you know, how composed is this guy on the inside? You know, can he keep it together? Because um, like I, you know, like we all know, he wasn't on his home turf. So these are not his fans. He's not accustomed to this environment. So there's a lot of pressure going into it. And as a fan, I felt that. And, you know, every time one of the three batters would take a hit, I was like, oh, God, is this going to be the one? But I think at that point, the, the boys all rallied together, and they knew, they knew it was close. And I think, uh, I think Kluber delivered the pitches that he needed to to seal the deal and and it was it was just a lot of fun to watch like I said I I joined the party late but hey I got to say that I witnessed history with with all my other fellow Yankee fans so it it, just just something great to watch really and that's all that matters Steve what do you want to say I said it's funny too because obviously everyone was writing Kluber off he's 35 he was coming off a shoulder injury um and then he, just even the age itself, as you get older, you kind of start to lose your stuff. And he never was truly um, – uh, he didn't have too much heat behind his pitches. You know, maybe he would hit 95, but he wasn't throwing like Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, like 100 miles per hour. So a lot of people are like, now with decreased velocity even more, and then would he have his stuff? And to think the first game of the ser- series – when the Rangers were coming off a six-game losing streak out uh, in their away uh, road games, Garrett Cole got lit up by them. I mean, they were hitting Cole like no one else's business. And previously, Cole was on fire. No one could touch him. And then the Rangers just hit him up. And then Kluber, who a lot of people were like, maybe he won't even last a full season with the Yankees or he's not going to do that good. Like, they were saying, yeah, the Yankees have Cole and then four question marks. And then here's – Kluber throwing a no-hitter against them and making them look silly. So, um, and then you said, what was it 101 pitches? I mean, that's nothing for a no-hitter to go nine innings. That's like pretty much 10 pitches an inning on average. Um, so that was like good. It wasn't like he threw 140 pitches, like 101. I'll take that any, any day for a full uh, complete game. Agreed. And I, you put it best. They're, in the beginning of the year, it was Garrett Cole and then four question marks. But Corey Kluber showed last night why he was a two-time Cy Young winner. Now it's, I guess you could say, Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, and then three question marks. But other guys like Montgomery and Herman have been pitching well. So I'm really confident with this Yankee team moving forward and as they look to make a deep playoff run. But speaking of playoffs, boys, basketball playoffs are here. And what better way to start with it than talking about the playing tournament that happened this past week, past few days. And I know you boys were watching last night's games, especially that Laker Warrior one. So, Alex, I want to start with you. Let's hear some takeaways from the tournament itself, if you liked it, or about a game that you saw that something stood out. So, the whole concept of the playing tournament, I don't really have a – opinion like either way like on one hand you know I do think that it it's great because it allows these teams that might not necessarily have a chance that are kind of at the bottom to make their way into the playoffs and gives them an opportunity and that I like but on the other hand I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy and I kind of like the traditional 
you know, X amount of seeds make it based off of this and that, and that's it. Uh, but I have to say, it, it's definitely added a very exciting element to the playoffs. I think, you know, with COVID and everything, it, it, it kind of gives the fans, gives back to the fans a little bit, you know, gives them a little bit extra, extra basketball, you know, gives them uh, something to look forward to to the playoffs, an early stage of the playoffs. So in terms of the tournament, that's how I feel about that. Breaking down some of the games, I was very happy uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies that they won. Uh, shout out to my guy, Slow-Mo. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, you know, Kyle Anderson, not known as a scorer, last season this guy was averaging five points a game. During the offseason, he has shoulder surgery where he gets a nerve repaired, and now he's averaging 12 points a game. So I'm very happy for him. That, that's what he needed. And I think that he's just a, a great piece for this team. Overall, I liked the Grizzlies. I think them having Valanchunas really helps. He's that big guy that can crash the boards. He can score. I like Dylan Brooks. I think, you know, going into this, to this next game, he's going to be a, a nice piece for them. Uh, and then looking at the East games, I don't really have too much to say about them. I, you know, the Pacers, I didn't expect Brogdon to play. So the fact that he did, I think that helped them a lot. Uh, and then, and then the other game, you know, the Wizards, I feel bad for Bradley Beal. I do because this guy has had the numbers that he's been putting up this season has been tremendous. And frankly, I don't think the Wizards deserve to have him, even though he's paired up with Russell Westbrook, which I don't know what happened with Russ. I don't know if it's, you know, that he was the lackluster of energy, but the guy was just not making his shots. He, he wasn't playing to the style that we all know. So this next, this next stage for the Wizards, I don't know what it's going to be like, but if I'm Bradley Beal, I think I want out after this. Take my talents to a team where I'm more appreciated and where I can contribute a lot more. Now, last night's game, that Lakers-Warriors game, we were all anticipating this. Arguably the, the, best, the best game so far in this play-in tournament. I got to give the Warriors a shit ton of credit. I mean, Curry, Curry is probably the most exciting guy to watch this season. That, that, that fadeaway three that he had going into the half. I was like, this is Curry. This is playoff basketball right here. So I loved that. Uh, Draymond green, you know, Draymond, you know, me, me and you were talking about this, Josh, the guy can't help himself. He loves to chat, but I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of green's, Green's MO, you know, that that's how he is. And you know what? If he can continue to play like he plays and he has these little side issues, he's getting these tech fouls. I mean, he's tied for third in the league, which is not something to be bragging about. But you know what? Whatever. Leave him be. Uh, but I, I really liked what I saw from the Warriors team. I was most impressed by Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he looked like a completely different player last night. So very happy to see that. And then when you look at the Lakers, I mean, you know, th that lineup that they started with last night with all the injuries, that's the third time that that lineup has played together this season. So you didn't know what you were getting into. LeBron definitely did not look like LeBron. I mean, aside from that shot, of course, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into that, I'm sure, as you guys talk about it. But, you know, with all the injuries that they suffered, and I, I got to give the Lakers the credit for pulling out the win. I really do. And, you know, now, now, now they're officially the seventh seed right? That's how it works. And the Warriors are going to go play the Grizzlies. That's, that's a tough game for me to, to make a pick for that. That might be a little biased. But overall, despite not knowing a lot about going into watching these games, I, I think this was a big move for, for the NBA to do this play-in tournament. And I think it's something that fans are going to enjoy years to come. Well, uh, I'm, I knew the Warriors. The thing with the Warriors is their playoff success is not going to be sustainable because they only have Curry out there going, you know, trying to do everything himself. Um, they're missing a the guy like Clay, and then obviously they don't have a guy like KD anymore. I mean, Wiggins, I'll tell you what, Wiggins did look pretty impressive last night. Uh, I think he had, what, like 19 points, 20, you know, some 20 something points. So he did look pretty good, but he's no KD. So Curry's trying to do this on his own, and. Obviously, the Lakers just kind of squeak by them, but the Lakers, 
they're just tr- like Castle said. Th- that's just the third time that that lineup has played together all year. So they're still trying to get back into rhythm and how they wanted their season to go with all them playing together. But injuries and other stuff happened, so it didn't happen. But the War- Warriors Grizzlies is going to be an interesting game. I personally, I would like to see Ja in the Grizzlies go. I mean, we've seen the Warriors win already. Yes, Curry's been fun to watch, but it's just Curry. The the Grizzlies, they got Ja, they got Jaron Jackson, Kyle Anderson, um, Valanchunas. So they got some guys that I like. And, I mean, I really just like watching Ja, but they're a young team, and I want to see what they're capable of. I want to see, can Ja Moran, the former number two overall pick, if he how far he can lead a team into the playoffs. So... They they were beating up on the Spurs, and then the Spurs came back, and they were able to close it out. But how can Ja and the Grizzlies fare against a team like Golden State, or if they make it, if they get the eight seed, how will they fare against um, the, the Jazz? Because the Jazz they're really good, but how far can the Jazz go in the playoffs? Because um, I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were in the regular season and the playoffs, and. As much as I would like to see Phoenix make it pretty far into playoffs, they got a first. Uh, they got a tough first round matchup against LA. LA's, you know, the Lakers. They want to. They're tired of kind of being pushed around and not pushed around like literally, but people are saying they're voicing their concerns for the Lakers. Obviously, they're saying that LeBron doesn't look right, blah, 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 all that. So the Lakers are, you know, they're the defending champs. They want to defend their title, and they're t- they want to shut people up. So they're going to play hard. Um, and then the East, I am not impressed by the Celtics. I know they beat the Wizards by 18. But one, it's the Wizards, and two, pretty much they're going to need Tatum to drop 50 every night if they want to move on. And I just don't see them doing that. And the East has a lot of tough teams. Brooklyn, I don't really see Philly going far, but Philly will be hard for Boston. I mean, even the Knicks, I think, will give them a tough run. Um, Obviously, they're the seventh seed, so they'll be playing Brooklyn first round. So, unless they win, they won't be playing all those other teams, and I don't see them getting past Brooklyn first round. So, I just they're not that that team that everyone thought they would be. and also, I just saw a picture of Jimmy Butler, and like he was shooting around, and that dude looks huge right now. I mean, his arms look massive. He had veins popping out everywhere. He looks locked in. So don't be surprised if Miami goes on a another kind of, if you want to say, Cinderella run like they did last year. I don't think they will, but you can't count on Jimmy Butler um, anytime. Regular season playoffs, so... We know what he can do with the team. So, but overall, I like the play-in tournament. Some of the games, like the Pacers game, was very boring. They just, I mean, absolutely obliterated Lamelo and the Hornets. But I kind of like the idea. It kind of already gives that competitive nature that is pretty much winner go home. Or if you're fighting for the eighth seed, then the loser the um of the seven eight game plays the winner of the nine ten game. So they get away with that, but pretty much so it's winner go home. Um, and I like that. And because sometimes in the regular season, the NBA, I could tell it's not very competitive. Guys are kind of just jogging. Um, so as the playoffs uh, progress and we get closer and closer to the finals, we're going to see guys really going at it. But I do like this little play on. It gives them something to play for already. And there's a lot on the line already before the actual playoffs even beginning so i like to help they keep up with it and um it's gonna be interesting to see how the playoffs play out all right well i guess now that you've given your take steve i gotta give mine and i thought you were about to get at it but you didn't so i did this last year and i'm gonna do it again i'm calling that the heat upset the bucks again you mentioned jimmy butler's looking huge tyler hero goran dragic bam out of bio the Band is back together. They're healthy. Yeah, the Bucks are looking good, but I said it last year. I don't trust Giannis in the playoffs. 
I get they have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, but the Heat are upsetting the Bucks again. And in about a month, we'll check back in and see how my prediction's looking because it's what happened last year, and I'm confident in this pick. Uh, going back to what you said, Castle, about uh, the Lakers-Warriors game, you were spot on. That was That was something. It was special to watch Steph Curry. I think he is the most electrifying player in the NBA right now. I don't even think it's close. Like, I love watching Kyrie, Harden, Katie work in Brooklyn, but I don't think anyone compares to Steph Curry and what he does. And sometimes it just kind of doesn't get appreciated because of what Golden State's been like the past few years. But in reality, look at what Steph Curry's been doing his entire career. Um, and Draymond Green, I don't think is appreciated as much because people like to attack him for all the technical fouls, his attitude. But look at the first three quarters. He shut down Anthony Davis, and that is hard to do. Anthony Davis was a nobody that entire game up until the fourth quarter. So I really liked what I saw from the Warriors. And I, and I think it's going to be a fun game against Memphis because John Morant and Steph Curry are two electrifying players going at it. That's going to be a fun game for uh, – for us basketball fans, but I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to pull out on top. What you you know what I'm really looking forward to, and I know I'm a Bulls fan, so uh, I got my MJ shirt on right now. But I can't watch them. Castle, I'm looking forward to the Knicks hosting playoff games at the Garden again. Thirteen thousand going to be admitted. I think that place is going to be jumping. I because I think the Knicks are one of the first teams back in the playoffs, not just like like a year absent for like quite a long period of time. So I, I'm excited to watch them. I think the Hawks Knicks is going to be a very underrated series because it, you know, series like Celtics Nets are going to get a lot of uh, attention because usually the Celtics are good. And now the Nets with their big three and they're even heat box rematch of last year's. Uh, what round was that when they played? It was what the um, semifinals between the heat and the box last year. So, yeah. finals. Okay. So that was the conference finals. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a good matchup. But Trey Young and the Hawks against Randall and the Knicks back at MSG. I mean, not every game, but a few games. I mean, that plays game every castle. I'm sure you're excited. I am very excited. This has been a long time coming. I'm actually trying to get tickets for game two. So I'll keep you guys updated with that. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I actually don't shoot me Knicks fans, but I actually like I like this matchup with Atlanta. I like the Hawks. I think it's going to be an exciting matchup with a lot of young guys. Uh, I don't know who pointed it out. Maybe it was you, Josh. But it's a battle of of the former Duke alumni with uh, with Reddish and uh, was it Reddish and RJ? Right. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Trey Young is gonna Trey Young's gonna put on a show uh, not only in ATL, but I think also at the Garden. So it's gonna be great. I mean, playoff basketball at the Garden, it's been a long time coming. I think it's gonna be a magical, magical series. And I and I'm looking forward to it a lot. And you know what? I think we're gonna really see the Tom Thibodeau effect in full swing when this game goes down. Thibodeau has done a fantastic job bringing this team to where they are. And I think the playoffs, it's gonna be kicked up to another notch i i'm excited as a basketball fan just to watch that knicks hawk series my big concern if you're a Knicks fan though is how are you going to stop clint capella because that dude's been feasting on the boards you have no mitchell robinson so that's gonna be tough already capella puts up almost like 20 rebounds every game it seems like then on top of that you have john collins to deal with and then trey young they got a lot of ballers don't forget, they also have Lou Williams off the bench now. So this Hawks-Knicks matchup is going to be a lot of fun. And I think for the Knicks, they're, uh, they're going to need some key points and key minutes from quickly because if not, I don't see the Knicks winning the series, unfortunately. Key minutes from quickly. And also, we need Noel to like be on his A-game. Thank you for bringing that up. That is the one concern this is a time where we need Mitchell Robinson and it's unfortunate that we don't have him, 
But I think Noel, you know what? He's a vet. He's got a lot of experience. I'm putting my confidence in him. Maybe he won't do as well offensively, but I think I think we're going to see flashes of him where he gives Capella a hard time. I'm not going to say he's going to. It's going to be total bully ball on Noel's end, but I think he can give him a little competition. the The question is, though, how quickly will he burn out in the series? That's my biggest concern. And the other is if he could stay out of foul trouble because he has done that often. Stevie, what were you going to say? Just overall, this playoffs in general. There's already a lot of good matchups and. Something about this year's playoffs seem more last year it was anticipated, highly anticipated because we didn't have sports for like six months. So obviously everyone was just looking forward to the bubble in the playoffs. But now this year, there's a lot of good matchups. They're back at their home arenas. Fans a good amount of fans are being let in. It just seems like teams want it almost even more this year than they did last year because it kind of felt like normal again. Um, And there's not, I don't think there's as much certainty of who can win. I mean, last year it was kind of like the Lakers and it was almost like the Lakers had to win because of with LeBron and then obviously with Kobe and stuff like that, like the Lakers needed to win. If they didn't, then I don't think people would have been um, okay with it. You know what I'm saying? This year, the Lakers, we know they're dominant, but they have question marks with health. And then it's like, who really is? I mean, Brooklyn could be it, but if someone in the big three goes down, which I, I hope not, because I want to see I want to see everyone healthy for the playoffs because we want to watch these stars, but obviously anything can happen. So I don't know if there's a clear favorite to me. And we saw last year certain teams, I mean, like the Heat can come out of nowhere and make it far, make a far run. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for this playoffs. I think they're going to be really entertaining. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of stars in it. And I think the NBA is going to be bringing in a lot of revenue and a lot of viewership over the past, uh, over the next, like just about month. And I can't wait for the NBA finals this year because I think they're going to be some of the best seven games, depending on who's in it. But I think no matter who's in it, be some of the best seven games that we've seen in a while, probably since that Cleveland Golden State series. Yeah, there's stars loaded on every single team. So whether you're a fan like me in Castle, we got teams in the playoffs, or like you, Steve, just a fan of the game itself, this is an exciting time uh, to watch some basketball because there's going to be good games going every single day for almost two months. And I can't wait. Like Castle said, I'm trying to get tickets for a Nets-Celtics game rivalry in brooklyn that that's gonna be crazy seeing the big three in person how much are these tickets going for guys like come on it can't be too cheap huh no they're pretty reasonable right now really well, i know uh, the garden though they so can... the garden my brothers found some tickets in the nosebleeds that are between two and 350 i believe but what's very interesting is and brooklyn is doing this as well is there's incentives if you're fully vaccinated. So if you're fully vaccinated, you get reduction in tickets, which I, yeah. I think it's a cool thing that they're doing, you know. But it's, you know, I, I guess it's the playoff time, so people are going to be scrambling, doing, doing whatever they can to, to see some, uh, some New York playoff basketball. Yeah, I saw something that they're doing, like, vaccinated sections. So if you're in that section for games one and two, if you purchase tickets in a certain day – it's half off the tickets also. So I think the starting, the cheapest I saw was like 130. So then half off that also. It's pretty cheap for a playoff ticket. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, we're all fully vaccinated here on 3 Pete. So you might catch us from uh, the Barclay Center at Madison Square Garden doing a live show. You know, uh, Cass will be at the Garden. Promise will be at uh, Barclays. And I'll be in the middle of New York, you know, Times Square, trying to find tickets or trying to find something. Sounds like a plan. I love it. Steve will be in Staten Island trying to manage both. That, that, that's what his plan is. We'll catch me at Yankee Stadium. That's what I'll be. I'll be at Yankee Stadium. Uh, there you go. We'll have we'll – uh, Catching also, so you'll be fine. Exactly. So we'll be covered at three different spots in New York, and then we'll have to meet up for dinner somewhere and record a podcast at a nice place in New York that we all agree on. We'll go live on Instagram Live for everyone to watch. But, nah, now we're going back, a little backtracking for basketball. We're going to go over some awards and predictions. 
We saw earlier in the week, Monty Williams, the head coach for the Phoenix Suns, was the named coach of the year, well-deserved, led them to the two-seed out west. The Chris Paul effect is is legit. It's in so full now, effect. It's in full effect. That's a much better way of putting it. So we're going to start with you, Stevie. Give me your – we'll go rookie of the year first. Uh, well, of course, Pat Williams. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think you've got to go LaMelo. Um, he really brought a lot of swagger to that Hornets team. He looked like a true NBA player out there already as a 19-year-old. I think he's still 19. And, you know, he was starting to show that he could be one of the top young stars in this league so far. And I mean, he helped bring – I know they lost and they technically didn't really make the playoffs, but he helped lead them to the playing tournament with him being injured for some of the year. So I would say – LaMelo would be, uh, I mean, it's probably the, you know, presumptive winner. I think a lot of people will agree, and I think it will be announced that he will be the winner. But if I had to say someone, I would say LaMelo. I think he's very deserving, and he, like, some of his plays out there, he he did not look like a rookie. So to think that he's only a rookie is quite astonishing. Yeah, and keep in mind, he missed a lot of time. He, I think he had a broken wrist or whatever, so he missed some time. And before he got hurt, the Hornets were a four seed in the East, which is insane to think about now. So imagine if he didn't miss almost a month's worth of games. They may not have been in that playing tournament, or at least they may not have been in the 9-10 game. Could have been but, higher up. And they probably would have been, I would say, maybe a six seed. Um, like you said, I mean, they were the four seed, and then once he went down, they kind of went downhill. Yeah, because like, he, got, he got hurt. Gordon Hayward went got hurt. So then they started losing at the end at the wrong time of the season. So a lot of a lot could have happened in uh in a short span. But yeah, I agree with you, Lamelo being rookie of the year. Kelsey, you you agree with that? I do. You know, a lot of people told me when this when when Lamelo was going through the stages of high school basketball and then playing overseas and. They said he's going to be the best ball brother out of the three of them. And I firmly believe it. And I think it starts with him winning rookie of the year. What a flashy, exciting player to watch. He's really, he's, he's like you, like you guys have pointed out, he was a big part of the success for that Charlotte team for a lot of the season. And then when he got hurt, things went down. I think it also helps that he's got, you know, other young talents surrounding him, guys like PJ Washington, so it's, it's, it's a no brainer for me. And I think, you know, just, just how he's been and how he's handled himself. I think the kid will be humble about it. And I think this will be a start to a great career for the youngest ball brother. See, I, I agree. And I do think LaMelo is well-deserving, but I think Anthony Edwards deserves a lot of, a lot of respect. And I think his name should be thrown in there in the mix a lot because of what he did in, in Minnesota, a team that really is terrible. They only have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell when healthy. He, he, he turned it up at the right time. At the end of the season, he got hot. I think he was averaging more points than LaMelo Ball, played some key minutes for that team, playing almost like 40 minutes a game. It was crazy what he was doing. And I think if he had played like this the entire year, it wouldn't have been a debate really between him and LaMelo Ball. I think he would have been the clear favorite for rookie of the year if he was playing like he was at the end of the season. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, he averaged 19.3 points per game. And some of those last games, like you were saying, he dropped 30, 23, 29, 22, 25. He had 42 on May 5th against Memphis. Um, so – that, like the kicking ball and he's mad funny in his interviews too so i love him it just he needs to help start turning these his performances into wins because a lot of them he did well but the team still lost so that's not entirely on him and then you know we can get a whole nother thing if they trade carl anthony towns and really good luck minnesota um but he's also gonna be a, i mean just because Lamelo may win rookie of the year doesn't mean it should devalue or take away from Edwards being deserving of the number one pick because I think he still did. And I think where each person went, they went to the right teams. They fit better. Um, Cause if LaMelo went to Minnesota, I don't know if he would maybe have done as well. I think 
Charlotte was the right place. And I think Anthony Edwards would, was able to really take off with Minnesota. I don't know if he'd be able to do that in Charlotte. So I, I like where they both went. Um, so the two of them together are going to be uh, definitely some um, really good players in the future. So I'm excited to definitely watch them for many years to come. Agreed. And now the next award I want to go over, we talked a little last week. So our very own Alex wasn't here last week. So now we'll get his input. Talked a little of most improved player. Uh, Julius Randle's name has been thrown out there. But there's other guys like Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant even, who are in the mix. So let's let's hear your case for uh, why the Knicks forward is deserving of most improved. He has completely transformed from what he used to be. I mean, this this was a guy who was, you know, a bigger body on the Lakers who was scoring but not really doing too much, didn't really have much of a developed jumper. Now he's bringing up the ball. He's facilitating. He's passing. He moves around the court so well. And, and let's not forget that the guy's averaging – close to a double-double almost every night? he is. He's averaging 24, 10, and 6. Exactly. So, I mean, it's been incredible to watch him. The guy worked his ass off to be where he is today. He really embraced the New York mentality. I mean, you know, of course, having Thibodeau as a coach has helped him a lot, but he has completely transformed from what he was for the Lakers. And – I don't – I mean, the names that you brought up, Christian Wood, I think he's a good candidate for it as well. I wouldn't be disappointed if he got it. But to me, what he's done and how he's played and what he's been to this Knicks team, I, I think he's very well deserving of it. Yeah, we were talking about it last week with uh, Jackson, and he was also a Knicks fan. And I think it's hard to – not give it to Julius Randle at this point because yes, his stats are somewhat identical to past years points wise, but he's more to that, to the Knicks. He is rebounding. Like you said, he's dishing it. He's bringing the ball up. He's also led them to a playoff run They're The Knicks are the four seed in the playoffs right now. Yeah. They're the four seed. And the other two t- names that I mentioned are not even, we're not even, close to being in the playoffs, Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. So I think Julius Randle is the player favorite for this award. And the next award I want to go over, we'll start with Stevie. Who's your MVP? So here's the thing. Really, MVP, the person who wins it usually has the best stats. But they might not be – I mean, I guess then if they have the best stats, they're valuable – but like, I don't think a guy like Giannis should win this year. I don't think a guy, you know, Embiid's pretty popular because they're number one. But really, I would say my most valuable players would be Julius Randle or Chris Paul. Because without Julius Randle and the way he played, I mean, first of all, we, like we just said, he averaged a double-double and then he had six assists for a big man, which is phenomenal. And I know you, you could say, well, Jokic average, averaged 26, 10, and like 8. But Jokic also has a lot more guys. And I know Murray went down, but had, he had more talent around him than, say, Randall did in the start of the season. And then even now, RJ's still pretty young. Quickly was a rookie. You didn't know how he was going to be. Granted, he's done very well. But without Randall, I don't see the Knicks in the playoffs. I don't see them definitely not as a four seed. So even if they did make the playoffs, I would think they would be in a playing tournament instead of the four seed. So, and like you said earlier, he just brought like a new, like the way he changed his game just brought a whole new swagger to this team. And they were talking about it when um, a couple of days ago with, if the Knicks, since they're saying that they're going to get a superstar that they would be better off trading R.J. Barrett than Randall because Randall is the identity of the team. And if they trade Randall, that's like starting over. So if they're saying that, then clearly he's the most valuable player to the Knicks. And, I mean, I obviously you can say LeBron, Giannis, and all these guys, but these guys have won it before. Giannis, really, 
brought Milwaukee to the number one seed last year. He hasn't won anything in the playoffs. And then he didn't even bring them to the number one seed this year. And they got him Drew Holiday. So I don't think he's that valuable right now. I mean, obviously he is, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, And then a guy like Embiid, they can still win without him because they have Tobias. They have Ben Simmons. And then Chris Paul, same thing. The Suns were like not even a playoff team. And they still had Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges. I know they, uh, they brought in Jay Crowder. But then CP3 automatically comes in and brings them to the two seed in the playoffs. So that's a valuable player right there. Him and Randall are valuable because they have brought these teams who have not made the playoffs and were kind of like laughing stocks who were picking in the lottery the past couple of years to now being some of the top seeds in their respectable conferences. To me, those are the most valuable players. And I think I know Julius Randle and CP3, one of them will not win it. And who knows, maybe one of them won't even be in the conversation. But I believe that those two really should be who, if you're really saying who's the most valuable player, if I really have to be realistic, I think Yochik will probably end up winning it and he deserves it just as much as they do. But in my own opinion, I believe either Julius Randle or CP3 should win it. And that's, if you really think about it and what that award is really meant to be, those guys clearly um, fit the bill for that. Okay. I like those picks. And I do think Jokic will end up getting it. But I'm going to throw out two more names for you because I'm shocked you didn't mention them. Bradley Beal, Steph Curry. Okay. I was actually going to mention Steph. Bradley Beal will not because, like I said, he scored a lot of points, but what did he really do? He didn't really, I mean, the Wizards put in the playing tournament, but like they didn't really do much. I mean, he had Russell Westbrook and, like you said, he just scored a lot of points, but besides that, he didn't really help lead to wins. Steph, on the other hand, scored a lot of points, but he also helped almost single-handedly the Warriors win. I mean, last year, and but you could see last year without Steph, the Warriors were the second worst team, or they were one of the worst teams in the NBA. They got the number two overall pick. Steph comes back, and they're and now they're like in the in quotation marks playoffs. So he's a valuable player. We know that, and obviously he's won it before. But yes, he counts for it. But Bradley Beal, he's the Wizards have had him the past couple of years, and they haven't made the playoffs, right? So I would not say Beal, but I would definitely say Curry. So there's my three: Curry, Randall, and CP3 this year were like the three most valuable players um, to their teams. And I think that's why those three really should be in the conversation. I mean, Curry will, but those three should definitely be in the conversation for it. Yeah. I think it's going to be Jokic because without him, the Nuggets would be an average team. Yeah. They have talent guys, talented guys. They got, they had before injury, Jamal Murray trade for Aaron Gordon, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Who's stepped? Who's been stepping up lately? But that's really it. Jokic, nightly triple doubles, is a big man who could play point guard, could do everything for that team, and that team revolves around him. So what he's doing is incredible, and I think he is the most deserving of them MVP. But some other guys who I think are deserving are Steph Curry, and I think Steph Curry should be second in MVP voting because of last night and what he's been doing his entire season. Andrew Wiggins is basically their second guy compared to like, and teams have super teams. Now Andrew Wiggins is the Warriors second star and scoring option. So when Andrew Wiggins is your second scoring option and you're in, a, in the playoffs, essentially that's saying something. So I, I think it's really between those two and no one else. Joel Embiid has a good case, but you said you said it best, Steve. Even without Embiid, they still have Simmons. They still have Tobias Harris. They even have Dwight Howard, who could start at center still. So it's really for me between those two. What about you, Castle? Man, you guys have <laughs> you guys have thrown out a lot of good names. Did not make this easy for me. I'd like to first start off by saying I do think at the end of the day it's going to be Jokic. He deserves it. I'm a huge fan of him, but in my opinion, I'm stuck between two names. First is Chris Paul, and I really like what Steve had to say. The Chris Paul effect has been tremendous, and it's really shown with this Phoenix team. He's just – he's 
come in as this vet who's not only helped these young guys grow into better players, but he's made Phoenix one of the top teams in the NBA. I mean, how many guys do you know at the career that he's had, the injuries that he's faced can say that he's, can say that they could do that. And he's consistent. And I think that he's just a solid teammate. And like Steve said, he is very valuable to this Phoenix team. Take him out of the equation. I don't know if they would be as high in the West as they are. The other guy that I'm wrestling around with is, is Curry. Because you look at what this Phoenix uh, – I'm sorry. You look at what this Golden State team was in the beginning of the season. They looked awful. You know, I remember talking to you guys about it. I was saying, wow, they're going to be the bottom of the barrel – they're going to be rebuilding. I don't know what's going to happen with them. And now you, you look at them and they still, they're still playing for, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're, they could potentially be the eighth seed. And without, I mean, listen, Clay Thompson is a fantastic player. I give that guy a lot of credit. But if the roles are reversed and it's Clay that's playing and Curry's out for the season, I don't know if Clay could do that. I don't know if I don't know if Clay can bring the Warriors to where they were. I mean, Curry, he he does it all, and he's so electric, like you said, Josh. And I don't think Golden State. I mean, of course they know how valuable he is, but I don't know if they. I feel like they take him for granted sometimes, and that's why I think he he makes a very good case for it. And I put him right there with Jokic in terms of who deserves it in all honesty. And one final name I want to throw out there because it was mentioned, Bradley Beal. Yes, he's had a fantastic season. He's put up some great numbers. He's been Washington's guy. I just don't think he's there yet for MVP. I think if he repeats this season, next season, then we can have the conversation. But I think Paul and Curry are very good candidates for it. So if I, if I had to pick the one guy outside of Jokic, I'd have to give it to Agreed. And now before we wrap up, we're going to do finals predictions. So we'll start with you, Stevie. Hmm. Tough, 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 tough. Uh, all right, the West, give me – you know what? Give me Phoenix in the West. Give me Phoenix in the West. And then the East, give me – hmm. This is where it gets tough. Who's a three seed in the East? I have the to look it up. Oh, the Bucks? No, I don't want the Bucks. Oh boy, this is not easy. This is not easy. Um, give me Brooklyn, Phoenix, Brooklyn. That that's what I'm saying for now. Um, if I change my mind, I'll let you guys know. But Phoenix, Brooklyn probably won't happen. Not not for Brooklyn's case, but maybe with uh, with Phoenix's case. But yeah, give me those two. I I think that would be a fun series. Um, and I know I said that Phoenix has a tough first-round matchup against the Lakers. I think the Lakers are, like I said, going to try to prove everyone wrong. Then again, Phoenix, like, CP3, CP3, he wants to win a ring, and he wants to, like, probably prove that, like, listen, you guys are not talking about me as much. And not that he... Probably the best team he's ever had. Probably, you know, I mean, Houston pretty much gave up on him. And then the Thunder clearly, I mean, everyone knew that wasn't his future. So give him, give him Phoenix, give him Devin Booker. Devin Booker wants to show his name. I mean, the Suns last year in the bubble went, what, 7-0? and And they still missed out. But, like, they went, when the games mattered, they won. And that was without CP3. So now this year, I'm excited to see what happens. It's going to be interesting how this first series goes. But I think they can try to pull off. And then the Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn – the big three, you know, hopefully they stay healthy, and I think they're going to show, like, hey, we're, we're, we're on top. Like, we're, we got this big three for a reason. Stop hitting on us, and they're going to play some really good basketball. Kevin Durant finally back in the playoffs after missing all that time. Harden back in the playoffs. And uh, Kyrie back in the playoffs, and they're going to put something special together. So that's mine. And we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but I wouldn't mind the NBA Finals. Uh, time's up for thinking, Alex. You're up. Starting with the East, I for me it's very not for me it's pretty easy to determine 
if they're all healthy, completely healthy, I have to give it to Brooklyn. The three of them running through the playoffs together is going to be very scary. And I think it's going to be tough for these teams like Milwaukee and, and Miami if they match up with them. You know, they've, they've got great talent there, but I don't know if there's enough to contain all three of them with the scoring capabilities that they have. In the West, I'm going to pick a team that's at the bottom. And maybe it's because I'm a very big fan of this guy in the playoffs. But I'm going to go with the Lakers. I think LeBron's going to flip a switch. And I think he's going to blow through all these teams. And I think he's going to make it to the end. I think he's going to prove to everyone that, yeah, he's had his ups and downs with injuries this season. But when it's time for playoffs, LeBron is fully activated. And I think that you're going to see some guys who might not necessarily step up all the time really come through. For example, I, I'm, I'm expecting some very good playoff play from Alex Caruso. Don't know why. I just have that funny feeling. And, and I, I like the Lakers. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see a Brooklyn-LA matchup. I don't know about you, Josh, but LeBron playing that big three, I mean, come on, that, that's, that's a pretty entertaining finals for me, if not for, for the league and the fans. 100%. That would be a great finals. So I think it's going to be Brooklyn out of the East. But I think it's going to be the Clippers out West. And it seems like everyone has forgotten that Kawhi Leonard exists and what Kawhi Leonard is capable of in the playoffs. We know he's a final, a two-time finals MVP. We know what he did to Philly with that game-winning shot when he was with Toronto. We know they have Paul George. And Paul George has been hearing a lot of crap over the past year with pandemic P, how he couldn't shoot last year in the, in the bubble. But look at what he's doing this year. Kawhi Leonard missed a lot of time with an injury, and Paul George stepped up and carried that Clippers team. The two of them together are a dynamic duo. So if Paul George can just remain consistent with what he's been doing, I don't see teams out West beating them. But I think it's going to be Brooklyn winning the championship with none other than James Harden winning finals MVP not Kyrie and not KD but it's gonna be James Harden finals MVP for his first finals ring I mean that's I guess not too ballsy but that's a that's a pretty big prediction and then Castle our uh our predictions come down to that first series either you might be uh if if Phoenix loses then I'm pretty much you're not done <laughs> it'll, but my, be, it'll be busted kind of it will be busted and then uh You'll be good for, you know, as that moment. And then if the Lakers lose first round, then you'll be, uh, I guess you won't be not again, not that we have, I mean, you care more about the Knicks winning than our, your prediction, but, oh, yeah. um, but it's a little competition between, you know, the three of us. So it always makes it fun. It does. So it definitely can be interesting. I mean, it's, it's tough to call this year. Like I said, there's no clear favorites, you know, so I, it, it was tough. You put me on the spot for all this, and I didn't. I know that's that's the point of this podcast. And you're putting putting me on the spot. Yep. Stay tuned for next week, where we're where the entire segment is putting Stevie on the spot with questions he has no idea that's coming. So thank you all for joining and listening. Quick shout out uh, to Matt Angler, our social media guy. Thank you for all the content you keep posting daily. So make sure you follow at Three P Podcast and Kevin from Wild Chat Sports, great partner with our podcast. They got some great content. They got some great podcasts coming up, great blogs coming out daily. So make sure you check them out at Wild Chat Sports. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Stay tuned for the next week's episode.